Coming up on TMS, Southern Takeover with Amy. He lives on a farm and rakes grass. <laughs> nice. They all die in the end, eventually. Tolerating the other Carolina. Lobster diving, having a whale of a time. Speedbagging the whale, uvula. Glape flavor with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Sally adds potato chips to the menu. They used to be exclusively picnic fare. But they've joined the host of useful accessory foods which make entertaining so much easier and more fun. What will be the beverage? The short man eats chicken every day. The morning stream. This car smells weird. morning everybody welcome back to tms it's the morning stream for june 9th 2022 i'm scott johnson joined today by guest host bobby frankenberger bobby welcome to the show hello not only does this car this seat smells weird Mm -hmm. that brian left for me well it turns Uh, out it's flu it's riddled with flu thanks thanks for the heads up yep Riddled with flu. Uh, Brian's still down, uh, as that may have indicated. He's uh, he's feeling a little better today, but his voice is shot, and he is. Uh, I forgot what his percentage was, but his, he said his he voice just is, said in the chat room his voice is thirty seven percent, but the rest of him is sixty eight percent. That's good. So. That's a that's that's momentum forward. That's good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he's in the chat, hanging out with us today. So uh, here in spirit and literally watching what we're doing uh, from the other side of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> for today uh but anyway continued uh well wishes his direction as he uh as he gets better he did he went and got tested did one of those uh, drive up deals and the uh, lady there i assume it was a lady i don't know actually I don't know is that sexist to assume it was a lady what do you think bobby was that should i have said the person that's what i should have said yes it yeah. is the answer is yes it is sexist <laughs> it is sexist <laughs> uh he so whoever gave him his uh drive-through nasal swabbing uh Gave him the uh, the clear on on the COVID, so still no COVID, still dodging that bullet. I still say those uh, that circle's shrinking for me. Everybody close to me, getting it's getting closer to people closer Holy. to me catching it. Yeah, I think it's just inevitable, right? I'm gonna get it. I'm it's gonna... it's inevitable, probably. I mean, have you ever had the flu before? Oh yeah, some real rough okay. ones too. Back in back in 08. Yeah. boy, let me tell you, 08 was a rough one. I couldn't. In fact, these some of these symptoms people talk about, like smelling and taste and all that, uh, mm-hmm. weeks of like can't hardly move, a fever that just about tears you a new one, all that stuff. That was 08 for me. Real bad. Real yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, the circle's closing for me, too. The circle entered my home. Uh, my oldest daughter got COVID, and none of us, the rest of us didn't get it, mm. um, but it was still terrible because... And she she had symptoms for like a day, and they were super mild. Sure. That's why you get vaccinated, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because um, even if you end up getting it, it'll be mild. But uh, she she had to stay quarantined out of school for a whole week, and so well, that was that fun was for fun. her. And you guys still didn't get it. Nice job. Congratulations. Yeah. We yeah. somehow mingled with my kid or my oldest, uh, who has a little boy of her own, and they all got it, including the little one, and we somehow dodged it. I don't know how how much longer I've got, man. I'm telling you, it's coming. I can feel it. Yeah. Well, you might have had it. We might have had it. 
and you just never. Well, that's true. Yeah. Like you just never, you never had if, it. If like I was, you might have had SARS-CoV-2, but you never developed COVID. If that makes sense. See, this is why we're having you on today, so we could have some scientific sense to all this, right? Because Bobby's yeah. a scientific I'm podcaster. Glad to, <laughs> glad to, to continue to fool you into thinking that I know about science well, for just another day. <laughs> you do a pretty good job, I'll say that. Um, so yeah. a couple of uh, things I want to get out of the way this morning. Uh, had a uh, pretty funny experience yesterday. So my wife has been really big this year on something she calls, <laughs> she doesn't just call it this, this is what it's called, but citronella, it's like a thing you plant and it keeps mosquitoes and gnats away uh, if you have some growing around your yard. I didn't know that was a plant. I thought I, That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that's where it came from. I yeah. thought it was just a candle scent. <laughs> uh, it's a, well, the can- and the candles do work also, but not as well as the actual plant, or at least that's been our experience. I guess maybe the candles have the oil from the plant in it or something. Yeah, there's something in it. Chat room says lemongrass will also work. Uh, who is that? Okay. Nice tomato. Uh, we haven't tried that. But anyway, she's all big on this citronella business. And so sh- so this year kind of went nuts with it and put it ev- put it everywhere. Backyard, front yard, back sure. porch area, all this stuff. And this time of year, we get a ton of early little bitty bugs, mostly in the form of gnats. Don't really get mosquitoes this time of year. That's usually a fall thing. But um we get swarmed pretty good. Now I'm talking to a guy in the South here in South Carolina and you know all about bugs that are the size of your fists. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's no telling you guys what to do down there, but, but you know, for our, our mild bug infestations in the spring, this has worked pretty well so far, but we noticed something yesterday that was a little freaky. Now I know this is a little bit of my science fiction mind kicking in. Okay. I know this isn't probably sure. super, uh, is based on zero reality here. Uh, or at least maybe maybe it is. I don't know. But let's let me lay it out what happened. So we're out on the the porch. It's like seven forty five at night. Uh, long summer nights in the in the summer with the with the proper times uh, thing. Whatever it is right now, I want it to stay. What's it called? What are we in? We're not in savings. We're in the other one. We're in daylight, not savings. We're in. We're just in daylight time. We're in daylight time. <laughs> yeah, there's daylight out, and I love it. And I don't want that one to go away. I hope. I don't know. I hope I live long enough to see the day when this happens, but at least where I live. But anyway, sun's out, still shining, you know, getting ready to set, but still nice. And, you know, it's beautiful outside. So Kim and I are out on the back porch, chilling, enjoying some sort of beverage, relaxing, chillaxing, as the kids say, you know, as you, yeah, as you might say, as you might say. And I notice that there's a swarm of these little bitty gnat bug things. Uh, just above the yard, and it's a big one, like <laughs> like a cloud of a them. cloud of them, and I and I mean like <laughs> thick, thick enough that it actually dimmed the light a little bit oh in gosh. the backyard, and they're all just there going in this in this hover ball. I know I know these clouds of gnats because as a runner, when you see one like right in front of you, yeah, it's 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 kind of terrifying you know you're going about to inhale some insects yeah it's protein time it's time <laughs> yeah. to get your protein on yeah. yeah right you just i just run through and open my mouth you know i carry those jelly beans while i'm running long distances as a as a long distance runner i don't need to i can skip one when i come into a cloud because i just open my mouth like is that a, a thing or- hold on these jelly beans tell me more just what runners do they get a they get a pocket of jelly beans and different different runners prefer different things but yeah when you're doing like marathon running or long distance running usually they you need you're going to be running for like four or five hours at least and so you need some something, something to eat you need yeah. to replenish 
carbohydrates sure. and, and electrolytes. So they'll you can have gels or, or jelly beans is what I prefer because the gels are kind of like warm snot while you're running. It's oh, just, geez. Yeah, they're not. If it was cold, that'd be different. But if they're yeah, like, right. like uh, outside temperature. Oh, bleh. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting. Didn't know that. Um, okay. So this cloud hovering over ominously in the sky <laughs> would conti- would occasionally go and kind of lower down and then go and go back up. Now, I think what was I'm happening... I'm thinking of like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Were they making shapes in the sky like uh, like like cursing you with uh, with like spelling words? Yeah, and <laughs> throwing me the bird and all that. Yeah. yeah. Now, they just... It seemed like there was a buffer there, like some kind of secret invisible wall that yeah. was keeping them out and they would try to penetrate it and I noticed in the yard next to me they're all down in it they're in their yard zzz, all over everything all up in the trees all up near the door like they're not there's no problem next door but at our house they get down there and they hang there for a minute go back up a little bit come down like they just touch it and go and then they go back up and I and I kept getting this feeling of like the minute the citronella goes away or dies, or fades, yeah. or whatever, they're coming for us. Like, we are well, screwed. What they're doing, they're testing, they're testing the, uh, the, the shield, right? Like, they're trying to find a weak point. <laughs> That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. I, I should have filmed this. I don't know what I was doing. I was so amazed by it. I should have freaking put it on camera, but they were staying out. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm coming to the show today with two things that I now understand and know for a fact. The citronella business works. I don't know if it works in every case. It works on these bugs. I know that. Uh, dragonflies don't seem to care. They're all over the place. They don't care. <laughs> uh, dragons, <laughs> dragons. You know what are you going to do? But <laughs> but uh, but gnats and stuff, man. They don't. They're not. They're not coming in unless we get rid of that stuff. So my recommendation is, you know, get that stuff if you can. If you can't, or uh, let me put it this way: now, now I feel like if I don't there'll be revenge. So now I have oh to gosh, do it. Yeah. Now we have to, and then hearing about lemongrass, maybe we'll get a little lemongrass going on. I uh, hear mint is good. So you get, get some mint plants. You're going to uh, have to do something. Otherwise they're going to, they're going to form into the shape of like a dagger and try to stab you in the butt while you run away. Right. You know? Yeah. No, look, I learned a lot from cartoons and uh, that stuff stuck with me. So yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to turn my back on that important education I received as important a child. Important lessons learned, yeah. yeah. In the world of science what you've done we call we call that an anecdotal evidence, right? Oh. Because uh, Is it? Cuz it's just one time that it happened. Yeah, I didn't give it, that's that's a good point. I don't have a control. I don't have yeah. any of the stuff I would need for a proper uh, study here. So yeah. this is this is all you know, anti, uh, not antithetical. This is all uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This is all there's a word like antithetical. That's not the word. Uh, this is all empirical evidence. Empirical. Yeah. Does not mean anything like antithetical. Nothing but, like uh, antithetical. And uh, that's the, all the evidence I have. So until we do a proper study, until I get my MIT right. guys out there looking at stuff, then I guess it's just this is the world we've been dealt. Do you so like fine. the smell of the citronella plants? I don't smell it. Kim says she can smell it. I don't smell anything. I smell nothing. So Well, if it's not hurting anybody, do they look nice? They look nice, yeah. Okay, well then there you go. Then it's fine, right? They're not overgrowing yeah. anything. Uh, nobody's walking away with citronella itis, whatever the hell that would dogs even be. Dogs aren't dogs aren't eating them and and pooping all over the place or anything. No, no, none of that. We're safe, right. right? We're safe. Yeah, 
<laughs> talk myself into this. All right. Uh, it's time for Amy to join us. Yeah, that's right, Amy. everybody. Oh, yeah. What are you going to say? Oh, do you say Amy? Is that what you said? I'm just excited. Oh, that's great. Look at you getting all excited. I like this. This is what a co-host should do is get excited about things. Uh, Amy is joining the show shortly here, and uh, we're going to play this when she arrives. Here we go, right here. That music means one thing. It's time to read. At the feet of Amy Robinson, a.k.a. Red Fraggle, joins us on Thursdays and does Read This with Amy. Hey, Amy, what's going on? Hey. Hello. How's, how's everybody doing this morning, aside from Brian, who apparently is doing really crappy? Yeah, he's Brian. <laughs> I mean, he's sick. Poor guy. But, uh... He's uh, he's in the chat and chilling. Yeah, you know. Yeah, a good time. he told me he was going to be listening this morning. So hello yeah. and hello, Bobby. Hello. It's all part of our southern takeover. That's right. right? Yeah. That's right. That's it's it's all a big plan. I didn't realize how many. It, it so suddenly hit me how many people I work with on and off here and there that are all from the south. What is that about? Hmm. I don't have a lot of Yankee. I mean, Brian and I both Yanks, right? But uh, you guys in the south, Brian Dunaway in the south. Justin it's Robert not Young just in the South. For grits anymore. No. South. Oh, I had the best grits yeah, the other day. Do you count as a Yankee? I mean, like, being from the West? Is that. Like, I don't know. I think of Yankees as people, like, from, you know, the Northeast. Like New York and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they count us as, honestly. That's a really good question because back when they would have they. called us a Yankee. You're, ta- you're talking to the they right now. Yeah, right, the they. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we are the they. We're He's right the- here, Scott. Yeah, I can see, you can see me. Um, but when I would say, okay, so in the Old West, let's say 18, you know, the 1800s when we had the Civil War and the division between our countries <laughs> or between our, uh, between our states and everybody going, ah, we're going to secede from the nation and all that. What were we? What was the West then? Were we undiscovered? We we were barely getting discovered. Yeah, we didn't count. You know what? You're right. We didn't count yet. Yeah, we're not Yankees. When I th- when I think of the word Yankee, I think of like like hoity-toity carpetbaggers. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All da- oh, that's dandies. funny because I I think of I think of like you know like New York cab drivers and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I think of I a I, think of, I think of a dandy for some reason. A guy in a nice <laughs> top hat kind of business, you know, tight little suit with a stupid cane that he doesn't need. That sort of thing. I think we have something in common with the frontier people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's like a salt of the earth kind of feeling that we we share, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know yeah. the the way we my the the folks that moved west, you know, we were busy pushing native people out of their land and uh, <laughs> growing corn and stuff. I guess I don't know what we did, killing a lot of buffalo for no reason, that sort of stuff, selling right. their, right. their yeah. things. So Meanwhile, we, we were busy like claiming that we were farmers and uh, we had slaves doing the farming. So right. you know, pretending oh, that's right. we were farming while we drank our gin and tonics and <laughs> yeah, proxy. Yeah, you guys right. were proxy farmers. Mint juleps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, well done. We've come a long way. Uh, let's get to this uh, segment here today. We've got a couple of books, actually, uh, which uh, we're going to talk about. Let's start with your first one. Um, I don't know if you knew this. I like Dean Koontz a lot. And so the fact that you're bringing a Dean Koontz book to the table is exciting for me because this is one I haven't read. Uh, so tell me about it. Or do you want to hear the clip first? How do you want to do this? Yeah, let's do. So I think the first clip I sent you was actually the other one. So if you want to do the Dean Koontz one, do the second clip. It's the one with the number two on it, I believe. Yes. All right, here we go. Let's give it a shot. Here we go. As she began the second verse, a sudden chill climbed the ladder of her spine, causing her to fall silent. She was not a woman given to premonitions. 
but as the icy quiver ascended to the back of her neck, she was overcome by a sense of impending danger. Turning, she half expected to see an approaching assailant or a hurtling car. Instead, she was alone on this quiet residential street. Nothing rushed toward her with lethal purpose. The only moving things were those harried by the wind. Trees and shrubs shivered. A few crisp brown leaves skittered along the pavement. Garlands of tinsel and Christmas lights from the recent holiday rustled and rattled under the eaves of a nearby house. Still uneasy but feeling foolish, Marty let out the breath that she'd been holding. When the exhalation whistled between her teeth, she realized that her jaws were clenched. She was probably still spooked from the dream that awakened her after midnight, the same one she'd had on a few other recent nights. The man made of dead, rotting leaves, a nightmare figure, whirling, raging. Then her gaze dropped to her elongated shadow, which stretched across the close-cropped grass, draped the curb, and folded onto the cracked concrete pavement. Inexplicably, her uneasiness swelled into alarm. She took one step backward, then a second, and of course her shadow moved with her. Only as she retreated a third step did she realize that this very silhouette was what frightened her. Ooh, creepy. Uh, uh, they, he had me at icy quiver. For some reason, I like that, that term. I had an icy right. quiver in the back of my neck. Ooh. Anyway, uh, so what is so, this book? What do we got going here? Yes. Okay, so this book, I should I should actually give a little bit of a, a, an introduction to this. I have not read either of this week's books, and no. that is because right. um, we had a request, or I had a request from our good friend Tanner Goodman, mm-hmm. Uh, for some recommendations for horror or, you know, a, a good scare. And I don't read that stuff because <laughs> I find that when you uh, when you have uh, you know, real horror in your uh, in your past uh, reading and consuming scary stuff, it, it goes one of two ways, right? Either it doesn't bother you at all because you're like, yeah. I've done this in real life or it dredges all that up and you don't sleep for a week i am the latter flavor Mm. so i don't read scary stuff and watch scary movies uh for some reason stranger things doesn't bother me i can watch that but yeah what do you what do you do anyway sure so i asked uh i asked brian if he had some recommendations because you know i want to i want to be able to give our good friend tanner some some books to read so uh, this was one that Brian suggested. It's called False Memory by Dean Kuntz. Yeah. And it's about a psychiatrist that is secretly drugging his patients and making them do horrible things without their Ooh. knowledge. Oh, my Lord. That's a gnarly piece of business right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and I, you know, when I went looking for these clips and I found... I found this one. I was like, man, they got a great narrator because even this guy's voice is giving me the creeps. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it sounds really fascinating. Honestly, if uh, if you're if you're the kind of person that enjoys uh, a good creepy scary novel, uh, this this might be for you. Feels like movie material. We're just reading some of the synopsis yeah. here. I don't know why this hasn't been. Uh converted see i would actually really enjoy a book like this for some reason scary books scary movies all that stuff i sleep better after i watch them with two exceptions <laughs> two exceptions uh hereditary and freaking midsummer f that guy and the movie he makes my gosh what the frick i don't even know if i can handle whatever he does next but for the most part like a book like this wouldn't bother me i can read stephen king at night i can read this stuff at night 
I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. It makes me weird, I guess. I, I don't know. Can't is um I've never read Dean Koontz. Is that typical of Dean Koontz? Do, do either of you know the there was I loved the the imagery in the in that that little clip that you played. Oh, it's it was, very typical of him. I would say yeah. he's um I mean he he and Stephen King are definitely contemporaries of each other and they share a lot of I think they share a lot of audience. Like a lot of people jive on on both vibes mm-hmm. and there's a lot of similarities. I think Dean Koontz spends a little bit more time with with grounded stories stuff yeah. with a little bit less out there kind of themes. Um, whereas, you know, Stephen King's got clowns in a gutter and, and, you know, sometimes is grounded, but, but, uh, that, that I think is maybe the thing that differentiates them, but he's also really verbose in my experience. Dean Koontz is, and I like that a lot. I think that's what you're kind of describing here. He's very good yeah, at sort yeah. of painting a picture in very short sentences and um, that that's actually kind yeah, of my painting favorite. a picture with the words, but also choosing the the way to describe it to make you feel a certain way. You know, sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. So. And a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, I had trouble yeah. finding like a, a a short clip. You know, I had to because because he is so descriptive, and it all sort of paints that picture. I was like, okay, I want to I want to really give the feel of this thing. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of go for a longer clip there because. Uh, you know, the descriptions were so rich. And this is how you know that guy is successful. Any author, I've noticed this, this is a dumb visual thing, but you walk into a bookstore, any books where the guy's name is bigger than the title of the book it's on, that's how you know they've made it. So when yeah. Steve, <laughs> Stephen King is like, 50, you know, 72 points of type, and then down here, tiny little Christine or whatever, that's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know they've made it. Yeah. So I always think like if you if you if you're trying to make it as an author, the goal is get a big ass version of your name on a book and then a tiny version of the title and that's you're done. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. All the Grisham books. Oh my gosh, the Grisham books are the worst offenders at this. John Grisham. The client. Way down at the yeah. bottom. Yeah. You're sitting anyway. there reading it, and you're like, "Oh, what book are you reading?" I don't know. It's it's written by John Grisham. Yeah. that's all I know. I come <laughs> for the Grisham. John Grisham thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so there's your number one uh, uh, pick. Uh, here's now. Here's the other one. Now, this doesn't surprise me because uh, Brian always talking about um, uh, Chuck Palahniuk being his favorite author. So you brought a Palahniuk book. Tell us about it. What is this? Yes. So this is a clip from Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk, which is a a novel, but it's made up of 23 separate stories. And the the overarching story is uh, these folks are at a a writer's retreat and uh, gradually their circumstances start getting worse and worse. And the worse they get, the more horrifying the stories they write become. Nice. So... Yeah, that's uh, that's my understanding of it. Anyway, once again, this is a recommendation from Brian. <laughs> it sounds, you know, you sound like you know the summary pretty well. So you're you're all good. You had me fooled. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's play this clip. We called each other the Earl of Slander or Sister Vigilante. The names we earned based on our stories. The names we gave each other based on our life instead of our family. Lady Bag Lady, Agent Tattletale. Names based on our sins instead of our jobs. St. Gutfree and the Duke of Vandals. Based on our faults and crimes. The opposite of superhero names. Silly names for real people. As if you cut open a rag doll and found inside 
real intestines, real lungs, a beating heart, blood, a lot of hot, sticky blood. And we were supposed to write short stories, funny short stories. Too many of us, locked away from the world for one whole spring, summer, winter, autumn, one whole season of that year. It doesn't matter who we were as people, not to old Mr. Whittier, but he didn't say this at first. To Mr. Whittier, we were lab animals, an experiment, but we didn't know. No, this was only a writer's retreat until it was too late for us to be anything except his victims. Ooh, dark and scary. Um, I also like the way he writes. Uh, famous for for those who are like, who's Chuck Palahniuk? Never heard of that guy. He wrote uh, he wrote your your uh, your your Fight Club. There, that's your that's your big bu- uh, monster hit for for Chuck Palahniuk is Fight Club. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's I I mean I have to admit. So Brian's always talking about he's his favorite favorite author, and every time he says it, I'm like, oh, I should really read more more of his books. The only one I have read is Fight Club, and um, I hear such good things about all these other books. And I've never done it. So maybe today. This one sounds like a good one to pick up if, you know, like you say, you're not bothered by scary stuff and you enjoy scary stuff. Uh, And this is broken down into 23 short stories. So this might be a good one for you to pick up if you, you know, just like, oh, here, I'll read something to scare the shit out of me (laughs) on the toilet. You know, (laughs) sure. That might be a good Yeah, make sure you're on the toilet. Yeah, be on the toilet. Um, He, this is funny. I'm looking at his his, uh, Wikipedia page. And it talks about Guts and Haunted, which are, uh, I guess this is 2003, 05, somewhere in that range. It's when he wrote these books. Um, it says, Polonic read to his audiences a short story called Guts. That, how he describes this as a sensational tale of accidents involving masturbation. Ah! No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm not reading Guts. <laughs> Brian, have you read Guts? I'm not reading Guts. Forget it. I'm not reading Guts. I don't need that in my head. No. Anyway, um, Available on Audible and wherever you get these things. The Audible, the the, the cover of this book is weird. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this thing. Here, Chad, look at this face. So is the narrator. Yeah. Did you get the feeling that it was read by one of the Siri voices? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So um, I saw somebody in the chat was talking about the narrator. Actually, interestingly, there are four... I think four different narrators for this book, if you get it on audiobook. So you're not stuck with this guy for the entire 23 stories. Mm, Uh, So, yeah. In fact, uh, one of them is a woman named Kimberly Farr. So presumably one of the characters in the book is is a woman author. And so she gets to read her stories, I guess. Mm, Um, So, yeah. So there are different there are different narrators in that audiobook i kind of i like it when they do that mix it up a little bit it's kind of cool i also yeah. really like um his his one i like one word titles of move of, of of novels i wish there was more of that so he's got books like choke survivor damned rant haunted like this one i love that more of that please i don't need a bunch of words you got to make room for your giant author name anyway so just make it short was that a dog was that a dog yes. i heard sorry <laughs> yes it's my dog <laughs> that was a weird sound Right then. Uh, can you um, get the dog? <laughs> but uh, what's the dog's name? I forgot. 
That was Violet and Bo- then Beauregard. Is Beauregard and Violet. That's it. Violet Beauregard. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for getting it, Bobby. I love that. That <laughs> makes me so happy when people get the reference. That's awesome. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, a- well, this sounds interesting. I'll have to check it out. Uh, they all die in the yeah. end. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm not spoiling anything. I really <laughs> don't know. Spoiler. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, right I don't either. I, I, I couldn't say. But yeah, th- these were the recommendations I got from Brian. And, uh, you know, shout out to Tanner. I wanted to, uh, you know, honor his request, especially since his anniversary was yesterday. So. Yeah, congratulations, oh, Tanner. Yeah. And I think Alex had a birthday, too. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, congrats to Tanner and Alex. That's that's awesome. You guys are yeah. you guys are great. We love them. Uh, well, uh, great as always, Amy, and always nice to hear from you. Do uh, you got oh, anything you else do. going on you want to promote or push or tell anyone about or anything going? Um, yeah, you know, so we're still doing signups for the uh, the Southeast Meetup on September 10th. We're getting we have we have booked this thing, so we're getting this big old house and. Uh, yeah, so come on, it'll be fun. Have you checked for hauntings and, uh, or any of that? There's no hauntings or, you know. Well, I mean, they have they have haunted <laughs> tours around Asheville, but I do not know of any hauntings in this particular mansion. Mm, no. That's how they get you. All right. Uh, right. I can't wait to hear the stories <laughs> of weird things in the night from this event. Actually, so wait, remind people the dates. When is this? It is September 9th through 11th. And uh, it's in Asheville, North Carolina, and you can find the the signups and all that in the Frog Pants Discord under other meetups. Bobby, do you dare set foot in the other Carolina to enjoy this meetup? Are you going to do that? I would love to. I actually don't think I'm going to be able to make it, but um, if I if if uh. I was able to make it, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. If I was <laughs> able to make it, I would tolerate the other Carolina just for this. Okay. Yeah, no, and I, and I know that's hard for you guys. You know, you have to share the Panthers. That's one thing. That's a lot to ask yeah. already. Um, but then, you know, I know, I know how it is. It's like yeah. putting silver in your pocket when you're a vampire. It just, it doesn't feel right. It's like kind of burns a little. You I mean get, a werewolf, right? No, I thought, I thought, do vampires hate silver? Vampires, I thought the vampires hated silver. No, I, I thought that it wrong? was just garlic. Maybe. I mean, it depends. If you're in the Blade universe, they do. Yeah, like that's true. That silver bullets. Well, okay. So I'm playing this game V Rising, and it's super addicting, and I love it. And one of the things you can find in the game are silver coins, but you have to hurry and get those back because they burn the whole time you're trying to haul them back to your castle. And uh, if you yeah. don't get rid of them, your life well, you're, will slowly. I, okay, I, I th- you're basically a vampire expert now, so I get that. <laughs> okay. You're right. V Rising has made me. A vampire expert, no question about it. Um, yeah. Amy, uh, well, I hope uh, this all sounds awesome. I wish I wasn't. I, I mean, I'm excited to be on my trip for my my anniversary that week, but I kind of wish we were going there. To be honest, that would be really. Well, fun. if it goes well, we'll do it again, and then you can come next year. Damn straight. Uh, it's Amy Robinson, Red Fraggle Three. Wherever you go, okay, all the places, that's where you'll find her. Amy, have a great uh, day. We'll see you next time. All right, you too. Bye, Bye. Bye Amy. Bye now. All right. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Hey, look at this. Me too. It's time for the news. Here we go. Today's news is brought to you by All Around Science. Hey, Bobby, tell me more about the show All Around Science, if you would. So we do. uh, Yeah, I've got this podcast called All Around Science. You may have heard of it. Um, (laughs) And uh, we talk about science stuff. You know, it's it's. It's good that I was able to come on today because I wasn't able to be on Tuesday because I get to tell you guys about the cool interview we did 
that just came out this past Monday. Um, you know, everybody's talking about all the the science. You know, talking about how there's science and evidence for um, government, like uh, gun control policy, that is effective. Right? That's that's what people are talking about now. All sure. the libs are talking about how it's really good to have science behind all that. Well, <laughs> we talked about um, we talked about that on an episode. We went over the science. We actually talked to a Stanford economist and law professor who specializes in collecting empirical evidence in with this kind of stuff wrote a paper on it and everything with a with a co-author and and laid out what the evidence is for for science-based uh, policy in in regards to to effective um, gun policy yeah that's interesting perfectly yeah. timed as well so check it out all around science wherever you get your podcasts that sounds super interesting I'm gonna check that one out I like Thanks. I like experts. Experts are good, you know. Experts know what they're talking about. Yeah, I feel like they're experts. Yeah, they're pretty expert <laughs> at it. Uh, well, let's start today's uh, news off with a science story of its own, or in mm. its own right. Millions of tons of strange new chemicals were discovered in Earth's atmosphere recently. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Have you heard of this yet? Is this a new thing for you? What you Strange new chemicals. Tell me more. All right, here's more. <clears throat> Science have, or scientists have discovered that an ultra-reactive chemical in Earth's atmosphere lasts much longer than we previously believed. In fact, they believe that millions of tons of the chemical could linger in the atmosphere for several hours. The chemicals in question are hydrotrioxides. You nailed it. That's good. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> Uh, the chemical is made up of hydrogen atom three, uh, sorry, uh, and three oxygen atoms. Perhaps the most concerning thing about concerning thing about how long these ultra reactive chemicals last in the Earth's atmosphere, though, is the implications that they have for human health and the Earth's climate. Hydrotrioxides were previously believed to only linger for a very short time. Now, through this study, uh, they show that they could be there for at least twenty minutes on average, maybe longer. And that's because it is a product of common chemical reactions. New uh, new amounts of the chemical are being generated almost constantly. So it's just kind of regenerating itself up there. Further, this ultra-reactive chemical in the Earth's atmosphere can interact with other compounds extremely quickly. And because hydrotrioxides contain extra oxygen atoms, they could be very flammable. Uh, in fact, other peroxides uh, have been used in uh, rocket fuel thanks to their flammability. So they don't know why it's up there and staying so long. And I guess they're worried it could catch on fire. At least that is, is what it sounds this, like. This article is about as <laughs> sensational as they come in the world of science. <laughs> All right. So this, this is this – is, nobody worry. You don't need to worry about spontaneously catching on fire because of some new chemical that was found. Yeah, First of all, the skies really aren't going to be on fire. There's no fire in the sky from this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, what, what the real thing is, the three oxygens on it is um, – is so if you've heard of peroxides – I have. Uh, how about oxygens. hydrogen peroxide? Tell, yeah, that's yeah, something that's I pour on things. that's two oxygens – Attached with some hydrogen, yeah. and hi and and the reason hydrogen peroxide is used as a, a cleaner so much, and can also like turn your hair color you know, like white, bleach your hair a little bit, and everything, yeah. is because of those oxygens. It's very reactive, so yeah. a th cramming a third oxygen onto something like that can be um can be uh make it even more reactive. Um, what and, if you uh, put a fourth on there? Then would this guy be on fire? How about a fifth? Well, then you then you access the multiverse. Oh shit! Um, okay, well, yeah, 
So scientists are working on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're working on accessing the multiverse. You heard it here first. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's 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 so the the real news here is just a uh, this this article really is just a oh cool or hmm that's interesting kind of article. We it's always they've they've known that it's possible for those to exist, but the the change here is that oh it lasts longer in the atmosphere than we thought and so now they need to incorporate that into models for like climate models and atmospheric models to figure out how does that is you know how does that factor into reactivity with other chemicals does it um does it change you know the way we think about the ozone does it you know um is is it bad for plants and and people and and in the environment in some way they just have to factor it in now because yeah. it's 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 a rea- highly reactive chemical that's hanging out longer but it's not like so reactive that if you're going to be it's not like you're airplanes are flying through acid and going to fall out of the sky or something you know like well, that's, that's that's comforting i like that i don't <laughs> want to fly through acid <laughs> yeah yeah that's what <laughs> well you know i mean look tms known for its really hard hitting news and journalistic standards so yeah. um we're gonna we're gonna continue that trend speaking of journalistic standards i must I, I do i should say that i am not a chemist <laughs> um, so i i could have this wrong if you are a chemist listening please let me know if it really is going to make planes start falling out of the sky my sense is that it's been there for a while and we're just now realizing it and so we just need to figure out what it's been doing already that we didn't know. Yeah, because this that, stuff doesn't just like poof, oh, suddenly it's here and it was never here before. Sort of. St- and that's rare, right? right like, right. you're not going to see that happen very often. Right. Well, moving on then, let's talk about this story at a about a, a lobster diver who got swallowed by a humpback whale. I was What's completely inside, Jonah? he said. He says I was totally inside of it. Oh, man. <laughs> Did he call from inside the... Uh, the call was coming the- from inside the whale, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where you're headed <laughs> with that one. Uh, yeah, here's the deal. A little before 8 a.m. Friday, lobster veteran diver Michael Packard uh, entered the water for his second dive of the day. The vessel that he uh, that he took in there called the JNL or JNL? I don't know how Lobster you say that. diver. Hold on, I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> yeah, why do you so dive weird. for lobsters? Don't you just catch them with cages and stuff? Yeah. Also, I'm assuming he's not a lobster diver. No, no, like no. He's a he's not a diver. Lobster. He's not a lobster who also dives. He dives yeah. for lobsters. Is my thinking. And how veteran can he be? Is he if he's accidentally swallowed by a whale? That's what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Also, um, that's weird. Anyway, uh, was off Herring Cove Beach and surrounded by a fleet of boats catching stripped bass. Striped bass. They weren't stripped. They were striped. <laughs> The water temperature was a balmy 60 degrees and visibility about 20 feet. Uh, these guys at literally pick lobsters off the sandy bottom of the thing. That's what you do. So that's the diving. You go down, you okay. pick them up, you bring them up. Uh, Packard is age 56. I don't know why that matters. Dove down Friday morning, uh, saw schools of sand lances and strippers, stripers swimming by. There were no strippers going swimming by. It was strippers. club later. Yeah, we're going to the stripe club. <laughs> <laughs> where you put a little uh you put a seashell in the old g-string there that's what you do uh let's see the ocean food chain was in full evidence but about 10 feet from the bottom packard suddenly knew that it was truly what it truly felt like to be in that food chain in something truly biblical uh packard was swallowed whole by a humpback whale here's this quote all of a sudden i felt this huge shove and the next thing i knew i was completely ba- uh, everything was completely black uh, Packard recalled Friday afternoon following his release from Cape Cod Hospital. 
I could sense I was moving. I could feel the whale squeezing with muscles in his mouth. So. Chat saying this happened in 2011. What are they talking about? Did they just, did they just find this guy and, and trust his story? Like, was he, was he, did they check his blood alcohol level before? Like, I, I don't feel like, like, how does, how does this, how does this happen? Yeah, it seems <laughs> it seems a little surprising that uh, the whale. Well, I don't know. You're down there fiddling around in an ecosystem that humans aren't in. You know, you don't know what's about to happen. It, it, this could have been an octopus uh, deciding it was time to ink you right in the face or something. I don't know. When, like th- this is what happens when we go and we fiddle with nature. You know, we get we get pulled into whales' mouths and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happens. You're yeah, right. <laughs> that's been my experience. Look, I, I'm trying to think of something scarier in a water setting than being swallowed or at least initially taken into the to the mouth of a large humpback whale. Like, what's worse than that? And how did he get out? Did he like punch the the uvula like a punching bag? He get, doesn't get into that. Huh? But my what it sounds like is the the whale the creature finally just went. Oh, this isn't right, and spit it out. It's like this isn't what I want to eat. Kind of like a dog who thought he wanted, you know, the, <laughs> like the, kind of like turned it over in his mouth a little bit. Like, hmm, what is what was that? Mm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the chat's making some good points. Piranhas and shark attacks. I guess those are worse because you can get all torn up. But I, yeah. I just think from my claustrophobic like mind, I would not want to be in the mouth of a whale for very long. Do uh, humpback whales, are they the toothed ones? Do they have... Oh, I don't know. They're known for those, that hump, but do we know about their teeth? <laughs> <laughs> they don't call them teeth mouth whales for a reason. They call them hump. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I assume they have some kind of... Because they usually, what, it's krill, right? You're just pulling in the krill and eating the krill and the small fish. And then and yeah. then you just all you don't need teeth for that. You're just sucking those in and just eating them raw. If I learn, look, if I learned anything from 2003 Pixar hit Finding Nemo, it was that they just eat krill. But maybe and I don't. And that when you're inside the mouth of a of a whale, it's it's kind of just like a cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with with like it, there's it's it, like you could sit there and breathe and then you have like a couple of waves kind of like the sitting at the beach, you have waves <laughs> of water come in and out. Why is that ringing a weird memory for me? Have I seen that's something? Because that's how it, that's how being inside a whale's mouth is uh, is depicted. On but where was it depicted? Time. Where have I seen that exact scene? Because it's uh, in my head right now. After you described it, and I have seen this exact scene: little waves coming in and out, guys sitting there, kind of camped out, other bones laying around. In the uh, chat, everybody's saying Pinocchio. Maybe that's where I'm getting it. From, was there so. a fire in there? Like a little campfire? Was that Pinocchio? And then they burned it and that's how you got out? That might have been it. I haven't seen Pinocchio in about a thousand and two years. It's been that long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, whatever. Oh my gosh. Speaking of that. So I always think like, what would, what would a live action Pinocchio movie look like in 2022? We're here going to find out. Well, we are going to find out. But uh, what I really want to know is how this Rob Zombie uh, uh, Munsters deal is going to go. So there's a trailer out now for the Munsters, Rob yeah. Zombie Munsters movie. I, part of me, well, part of me thinks and kind of knows in his heart that Rob Zombie's actually a terrible director. Okay, <laughs> he's not very good. He makes horror movies, and some of them have some interesting ideas, um, but they're not well acted and they're kind of poopy. He's not a very good actor or a very good director. Yet he keeps getting these deals, and right now he's doing, he's about to release this Munsters movie. And 
I saw the first trailer and I can't, I don't know how to feel about it. It's going to be PG, says the chat. Is that true? Rob Zombie making a PG film? That's... I mean, I, f- I don't even know what to say about that. I know. I feel. I feel like those those ideas are at odds. Like if you're gonna, if Rob Zombie is going to direct a movie, it's it's got to be some kind of like like intense, crazy take on it, right? Right. Right. And but by the way, you can't do what you're expecting to get from Rob Zombie if it's PG, right? That's true. That's a really good point. Now I'm going to make a recommendation for the best thing Rob Zombie ever directed, and you may not remember that he did this, but in light of he the fact he burned through the ditches. <laughs> and his Dragula, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that album. I'm so into that. Um, I like Rob Zombie music. I should state that for the record. Not all of it, but some of it. But the best thing he ever directed was the interstitial animated sequence uh, that was part of the Beavis and Butthead movie, Beavis and Butthead Do America, where they yeah. were on drugs or something, and it got real weird, and their faces got all funky, and I think it even had Rob, Rob Zombie music in the background. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't give details here. But I remember that visually being very arresting, very interesting. Because um, mm-hmm. the guy's a like cartoonist artist guy. To that's where he started. Like that's what his he used to you know doodle on everything. Have a million sketchbooks, and his art is really wacko. Um, and now they got a new Beavis and Butthead movie coming called Beavis yeah, and Butthead to the Universe. Yeah. I watched the trailer. It looks stupid. Great. I can't freaking wait. That's what I was going to ask: is how are we feeling about Beavis and Butthead coming? Hundred percent in. Like, I need it more than ever. I need dumb, stupid, mindless, stupid right now. That's what I need. I need Beavis and Butthead was on... Was that during some formative time for you? So, we're talking late 80s, early 90s, right? Late 80s is when... I can't think of his name. Creator of Beavis and Butthead and Family Guy... uh, uh, King of the Hill. Not Family Guy. Uh, Can't think of his name. Anyway... Made made idiocracy. Made office space. Uh, why, why can't Mike Judge. Mike Judge. Jeez Louise. Uh, Mike Judge was originally just a crappy cartoonist with some ideas that uh, submitted his work to like animation festivals and stuff. And that's where Beavis and Butthead got its start. And where it really took off was as a short. It was a tiny little short or a couple of shorts that they aired on MTV's. Uh, uh, liquid television back in the day and liquid yep. television was like you know this really avant-garde animation stuff that was i love that show i just absolutely devoured it every time it was on yeah. so formative in the sense that i had just entered my 20s i guess probably well let's see 90 90 91 that era would i would have been 20 21 and that would have been creative time ahoy for me like starting to just feel yeah. my oats when it came to like art and animation and just weird stuff i just loved it i just ate it all up went to all the festivals and they come to town that sort of stuff and i remember seeing that one and thinking he somehow transcended this really crappy junior high detention art which is really what beavis and butthead is visually it's just bad yeah right on purpose right but bad and it matches perfectly the the written content that goes with it and it's so dumb and so juvenile that it was somehow, somehow great. Like obviously, it was a huge hit and it did really well and was controversial. That's how you know something's big is if it's controversial with the parents and the old people at the time. And it definitely yeah, because that's how I remember it. I had to sneak around to watch. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Most parents were like, yeah. "You're gonna watch him be with some butthead," and yeah. I kind of understand why. But um, and then as the show progressed, I you know I loved it the whole time. And then that movie was really actually like legit great. And then 
nothing, right? Kind of off because Judd Judge was off to do Family Guy, or I keep saying Family Guy, King of the Hill, which is amazing in its own way, and um, then movies and all of that, and then TV, you know, like he did Silicon Valley and all that. So I kind of thought we'd never, ever get back to it. Nope, we're getting a brand new But here we are, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard anyone wax poetic about Beavis and Butthead until this moment, and... Um, well, and I'll also say, chat mentions Daria and liking it better. Daria was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, and Daria. I liked was, Daria. Daria yeah. was awesome. Nothing wrong with Daria. Like, there's an era there of, you know, everyone talks about it. the Simpsons did change everything. Boy, I could do a whole show about this. I love, I love <laughs> that the arc of like animation and 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 the tilt it made in the late '80s, and it was well, it it, it went um, hand in hand with what a lot of culture was doing at the time counterculture stuff i mean like the story of it's it mirrors a lot of the story of like nirvana and alternative music and you know like oh, yeah. people of of a certain age at the time were were um they they were they wanted something that spoke to who they were and what they were going through and and the the existential crisis of of youth you know and yep and that's what was happening is they were saying all of this media was saying we get you you know yeah like, it's absolutely true here. and also you're talking about a generation like it was aimed at us as young 20 somethings because we'd grown up with he-man and freaking the super friends and mm-hmm. gi joe and all this garbage in the 80s that was pandered to us so hard it pandered to kids in a way that's you know i love that stuff now because it's kitschy and whatever but at the time, they were just trying to sell a cereal and, you know, it was old people deciding what kids wanted or whatever. This stuff comes along, this whole wave from Simpsons all the way through everything that came out of Liquid Television and beyond and everything we have today. The, the, just the state of animation today, I think, was like a gift to those of us who grew up with the sanitized cartoons. And then this was like, hey, you're adults now. Let's go. Like, I don't know. I always felt like that was a gift to our generation and I freaking loved it. So... Yeah, I'm yeah. in. Bring me some more. And right now, with the world as stupid as it is, bring me something so mindless and dumb I can just escape into it and let Beavis and Butthead do their thing and be stupid. I'm ready. I need TP yeah. through my bunghole. That's what I'm saying. All right? <laughs> me too. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will be here. we got a topic today that I think will be uh, good for everybody. So it'll be good to have her back. We didn't get to have her last week. So Wendy is on her way back. We're going to play a song, though, to take a quick break. Between now and then... I decided to go back again to another song that Brian introduced on the show that I really love and stuck with me hardcore. It is Straight to Hell uh, by Lily Allen featuring Mick Jones. And uh, it is from the War Child Presents Heroes album. Pretty sure this is a cover of, let me make sure I get this right, of The Clash, if I'm not in. Let me make sure because Brian reminded me. Oh, yeah, it is The Clash, right? It's a Clash song. Anyway, <clears throat> so I'm going to play that uh, right now. When we come back, Wendy, so stick around. We'll be right back. Fiddle. 
Good morning, Starshine. The Earth says hello. Why don't you beat it while you still have a beat to beat? Ladies, we heard you. This is the morning stream. All right, we're back, everybody. Uh, once again, that was Lily Allen featuring Mick Jones and the song Straight to Hell from the War Child Presents Heroes album. Check it out. I listen to that song a few times a week at least. I love it so much. It's an amazing version. All right, uh, let's get my sister involved <laughs> in what we're doing right. here. Uh, whoops, here we go. She's uh, <clears throat> online, I believe. Yep, we're good. All right, let's pull her in. Let's get this happening. Let's make a change in the world. Let's be the change we want to see. That's how I look at things. Here's her intro. Hey, look who it is. It's Wendy Dunford, my sister, who's in Minneapolis or St. Paul or somewhere around there. <laughs> I, should, I should know this already. Hey, You'll Wendy. You'll never know. I'll never know. never know. I want to come out and see, though. We should come out and see. When can I come see? You should. You Any, should. Anytime? I highly recommend February. February's the why what's what why is that month a good month? It's so cold you'll die. Oh, well that's... I just heard about Hi, my name's Bobby by oh, the way. Oh, Bobby's uh, here by hi, the way. Bobby. Yeah, bit, Brian's <laughs> just... sick. So he's out today. So so Bobby's oh, okay. sitting in. Sorry, Bobby, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, no, that's okay. I was just had to introduce because I was jumping in um, out of turn. Um, <laughs> I just heard uh, a a 99% invisible episode about Minneapolis and St. Paul all about the skyways. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. When do you listen to yeah. that show? I think, don't you? I do. I've yeah. uh, liked it. I haven't heard it in a while, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, the skyways are impressive. You can basically do a whole day without going outside. <laughs> that is cool. Well, then, all right. Yeah. Well, what I heard then was that Wendy wants me to come in the month where I'll die. So that sounds nah, great. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, we'll come anytime. Uh, they do some pretty cool things in February, though, because, you know, you got to you gotta celebrate. So they have a... a uh, they fly a kite on this big, frozen, huge lake. Like yep. Thousands of people. That's pretty fun. That's pretty. That's cool. Um, and there's art shanties. This entire they build in like a village of art installations on another one of the lakes. That's cool. Anyway, lots, that, lots of fun things. That sounds like amazing try. stuff. Yeah, I love I that. Now, when it's just absolutely gorgeous, and you realize, oh, this is why you live here is because of this month. Yeah, the beautiful. one month of the year where uh, everything's beautiful. <laughs> is it not? June like is that. nice. When does it? And then July is okay, right? You got a nice July. Oh yeah, it's nice from May till October. Yeah, maybe then, April. A- not this April. This April was rough, but usually it is. And then it snow caves, bugs. Yeah. You get some. I lived in northern Minnesota for a year. Up, oh, there's up, some bugs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was, uh, and we. I lived on a farm, and I would rake the the grass after the after the, we mowed the lawn. And if it was a storm was about to come, there was like like you would have. I'd be raking, and the entire rake would be covered in these giant flies. I'm not even kidding. Like the whole thing would be covered. You'd smack it on the ground, and a swarm would fly away. Ooh. And then just a few minutes later, it'd be covered again. This, this is a crazy citronella. Crazy That's way. your answer. Yeah. Get that citronella out there. 
That's a Kimbella. Yeah, no, they we definitely do have bugs. I see, and I you shouldn't ask me about that because I bugs don't like mosquitoes. Don't like me. They like my family, but they don't like me. So I get maybe one bite a year, and mm. everyone else gets twenty in one evening. What's uh, your deal? What's your toxic uh, toxic blood skin yeah, thing? It's my toxic trait that I really appreciate. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. You sound like you have a cold too, awesome. or allergies or something. You feeling? Oh, right? I I had straight up COVID last week. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Yeah, Congratulations. kept that nice uh, and quiet. Because I couldn't function. <laughs> I I cannot tell you. I, wow. I feel like everyone has been. I understand many people have died. I also understand many people get a sniffle and they're done. But where are the people like me where it is terrible? I'm not. I mean, my oxygen was fine. I did not need any kind of extra medical care. But I I don't know if I've ever been that tired or that miserable. In my life, yeah, it was awful. Yeah, that's all I ever hear awful. from the COVID people. Oh so wait, gosh, you had it the same, it. or you got it right after Van and Taylor and Dylan had it? It's terrible. Yeah. They must so, have given it to me. So yeah, I'm sure that was it. So so uh, <laughs> yeah. you're on the back end though. You're feeling better, and yeah. You know, so okay. I mean, it took nine days to feel slightly Dang, better. Dude. It's well, so bad. Well, I'm glad we didn't have you on last week. You should. That's you should have told me and chilled out. I know. I well, you canceled on me, so I didn't even have a chance. That's okay. true. That's a good point. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad you're at least on the up. And uh, can you taste and like smell and stuff? No, everything tastes like uh, neutral or garbagey or. Oh. Yeah, supposedly that is that's one of the with the new variants. Less people are experiencing the taste and smell thing, but I got lucky and uh, <laughs> snagged the real. Maybe deal. you got classic, like, classic COVID. Yeah, classic COVID. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm a classic. It's <laughs> disgusting. No, it really is. Like I I don't know if you've ever had anything like it where you suddenly realize how much joy in life has come from tasting things yeah <laughs> oh, it's like, huge oh. right yeah and just feeling okay like i don't yeah. want this i really don't want this or I, like asking people like i make dinner and everyone's eating and i'm like does this have flavor yeah <laughs> and i, I, I mean i, I, I hope never to nothing. have that perspective yeah i, I, I hope not to as well dylan says that strawberries taste like vomit so he can't eat those. Yeah. yeah, it ruins. And I could, I could eat a grape, and I would taste a hint of grape at the very end. Like that's the most flavor I've had in ten days. Well, thank goodness. Wait, are you the only one, or did everybody else in the house get no, it? No, Adam got it, and it was just like kind of mild coldish for him. And then Allie, she had a little more. But the boys, I swear, they must have had another time. We've tested them a thousand times. They don't have a thing. So yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, that's weird. That doesn't make sense. They're All my school. booster shots clearly only worked for other variants. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, as it's as not worth it. Try once again, not get it. Once again, the circle is closing. My sister now. Who's next? My mom, <laughs> I think, had it last fall. Just doesn't want to admit it. Totally. Um, and she's so afraid of the test. I'm like, Mom, it's just like like wiping your nose for a second it's nothing the test is nothing yeah it's funny the older they get the more like children they get and they uh mm-hmm. they're afraid of mm-hmm. they're afraid of it so that's what you do well anyway i'm glad you're here and also i'm glad after knowing this and that you're still in recovery mode i'm glad that our topic today isn't some massive life-altering thing it's actually kind of not not basic but you know it's it's, yeah. a, it's a good oh, reminder it is. I, I that's why i was like i'm so glad this is what this is <laughs> i have multiple other emails i just can't even look at them right like, i don't right I can't no you look i feel you uh, make sure you rest a ton because that's all i hear is the, the rest helps the long covid you don't want the long oh, COVID. it's just such exhaustion i can't even I, I, st- I still have it. this friend who who writes at the washington or uh the washington post who's uh can't 
take a shower without having a stool in there because when he lifts his arms up, he faints. And it's all Aww. from his COVID time. And before that, he was fine. I'm totally fine. But now he's eight months on and still just wrecked. That's so hard. Yeah, don't. Just don't. It's You don't know who... You don't know... Like my household, it's no big deal for everyone but me. Yeah. Like, but, of course. Yeah, of course. That's a rip off. Yeah, it is a rip so off. So you have to... Yeah, just don't get it. Demand, demand a refund, I'd say. When you, when you get I to those... I demand a life refund. It's there's, here's two things I know what happened. When we die... Uh, we're going to go up to these gates and you're going to have to demand your refund there, but also they're going to show, they're going to show me a list of all the bots that I agreed with on Twitter. And they're going to embarrass me about those because it's going to turn out there were a lot of there were a lot of robot interactions that I had and I just didn't know it. And then I'm right. gonna, they're going to go. All right. Well, I hope we'll let when you, you get to the pearly gates that you do get like a list of all these weird statistics. <laughs> I do, too. I want data. I want like weird visual data. Like how many people laugh, polite laughed at a joke you said? Yeah. How yeah. many people... We're yeah. how many, secretly crushing on you. You didn't know. Right. How many How many random people's vacation photos were you in the background of? Right, <gasps> right, right. Ooh. And then did, and you could have, you know, done a face or been a bomb or something. <laughs> you know what I'm, they're going to show me, they're going to say, how much beef versus chicken did you eat? And it's going to be an <laughs> ugly ratio. It's going to be bad. That's, that's, that's be, at the top of everyone's sheet is your beef chicken <laughs> ratio. <laughs> the beef chicken ratio in my life, I guarantee is heavy on the beef. And that's not good. It's probably going to kill me. Anyway, uh, all right. Well, well, let's let's get to this thing. So yeah, this get... one's an easy one. Really quick. I'm excited that Bobby is here because I'm going to actually use him. Since, oh, uh, <laughs> since Brian's gone because I was going to use Brian. So oh, good. This used. makes me happy. All right. Well, okay, uh, this is uh, Cortar who wrote in. That's uh, not his real name, but that's what we're going <laughs> to use. Says, dear Scott, Brian, and Wendy, I have a question for Wendy. What is the best way to find a therapist? I live in a very rural part of West Virginia and struggle to find any medical services beyond the basics, much less uh, or much less mental wellness services. My wife and I have struggled with behavioral issues associated with our son, and to a lesser extent, our daughter. My wife and son are currently in therapy in a relatively nearby town of twenty miles away. Whew, that's a long way. Yeah, that's not close. Yeah. Not relative to what, I guess. Um, anyway, I re- or I've considered seeking out a therapist for myself in the past, but struggle with the costs involved as well as the distances necessary to find someone. The therapist my wife and son go to is specifically to help address his behavioral issues. I'm hoping to find someone for general therapy to deal with my challenges. Honestly, I feel a little lost in this, and I hope I don't come across as too uh, knowledgeable. I am certainly not. Any help you can provide would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, says Cortar. Uh, all right. So, how does Cortar find the help he needs? Let's do. Let's. We're gonna walk him through right now mm-hmm. on how to do it. So, Bobby, do yes. you mind sharing with me your location? <laughs> <laughs> your I am uh, your zip code. Preferably. We're going to dox you on the air right now. Tell no, us. No, that's fine. Um, I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. Two nine two two nine. Two nine two two. Nine. Okay. Yeah. I want everybody to log on. This is like when your teacher's like, it's okay to use your phones right now. Right? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Let's That's do what this. I'm going to say. I want everybody. Oh, the to it's like using a calculator on- in math. The one day your teacher says it's okay to bring your calculator. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Pull your <laughs> calculator. Uh, also, as if anyone needs to log on, like none of you are not logged off. Yeah. Ever. Let me, I need to get someone off the phone first, then I'll get AOL spun up and uh, yeah. I'll be online soon. It's no one answer the phone. Stay, stay off the phone for the next hour. Okay. We're good. Okay. So we have two options here. Uh, in fact, maybe you want to pull up both. Okay. Pull up therapist.com. They're uh, pissed. And then the other one, pull up psychologytoday.com. Hey, I submitted a comic to them in my teens. 
Psychology Today. Yeah, I got a, I got a, they're the only place that uh, published anything. Everybody else sent me, I sent, uh, so every major magazine, including them, Omni, I can't remember all, a bunch of science magazines. And then one of them was Playboy because I heard they paid the most, even though my comic yeah. wasn't, had nothing to do with anything <laughs> sexy or whatever. Uh, everybody rejected me. Playboy did it warmly. They said, your, your interest in Playboy is warmly appreciated, they said. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yep. and the one for Psychology Today got run. They ran it and paid me 50 bucks. It was great. Wow. Did I not ever tell you yeah. that? I thought you knew that. This yeah, happened when I was like cool. 17, so you would have been like 8 or 10 or whatever you were. That's awesome. Yeah. That's anyway, really uh, okay. psychology.com. So pick a so the psychology today. We're gonna we're gonna do that one together, but either of them sort of works. Um, I would say psychology today probably has more access. Now, if this person is listening and they type in their zip code, I mean, I have other answers besides this, but I just want to walk people through this. Um, I wish I actually knew their zip code. I kind of um, wish the whole answer to today's email was. Pull up a website and search for your zip code. Good night, everybody. I kind of wish that was it, but that's okay. I'm glad. Okay, so we're currently looking at therapists in 29229, which is Columbia, South Carolina. And if you're on Psychology Today and you put that zip code in, um, 29229, we can do it together or you can do your own. But if you look, it'll pull up a bunch of people, names, advertisements. They'll have these filters. There'll be issues, insurance, gender, types of therapy, age, price, and more. And you can just start filtering, right? So it sounds like this guy. So we're going to pretend this guy lives in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, even though I know it's West Virginia. But if he is listening, maybe send in your zip code. We could switch it to, to his zip code. But you can, if you click on the issues, are you guys clicking on the issues? I am clicking on. So I did a search. I just had a quick question before we do that. Yeah. Um, Okay, there are three dudes. On, I, I thought there were no dudes. There are three dudes some ways down the page, but this is almost all women. And I had the question, is is your industry dominated by by women, would you say? Yes. That's interesting. Totally. I didn't know that. I would. I don't know why yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. There's yeah, nothing I mean, wrong with it. Just it, The bigger the bigger the city, the more equal that number will be. Yeah. But yeah, it tends to be. Yeah, one of these looks like they want you to go back in time. Uh, to the 80s uh totally it might just Which be that an option yeah it might just be her hair anyway uh so all right. for example i just clicked on men's issues yeah. as as the issue i'm looking at and there's a dr lisa giovanelli who's feeling confident but everyone else is a man there's a couple other color a couple other women mm -hmm. um but what you can ultimately do is you can pick the gender you can pick their non-binary if you want you can pick the price range, generally the age they the age they work with, not their age. So, for example, do they work with teens, toddlers, adults, you know, the elderly? Um, you can filter based on your insurance, which usually is a really big help if you have insurance that covers anything. And so you can just narrow it down. Um, so, obviously, if you live in bigger places, they have the opposite problem as our emailer, which is there's so many options and what do I choose? Okay. So, let's just find the same person. Okay, let's find, uh, mm, I don't know. We can do that Giovanelli lady, you said. You want to do her? Who? Uh, oh, Dr. Lisa Giovanelli. Giovanelli, okay. yeah. So yeah. let's click on her. Okay, clicking. Here we go. They looked at her, and you can see that she sees clients in person or tele via telemental health, okay? Oh, Based on their yeah, comfort yeah, yeah. level. That yeah. is going to be the secret to the sauce for this guy. If he is in West Virginia... He can find a therapist 
anywhere in West Virginia, they are licensed to work with him in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. If they offer telemental help, then he does not have to do this crazy commute somewhere. Okay. Sometimes that is not what's called for when, especially if you have a kid or some other things, or, you know, maybe the, the online route is not the best for every person, but for most people, uh, they can do pretty well. And it sounds like in his case, he's either got to drive 20 miles, um, and you know, it's the pickings are slim or there, this is a really, really great option, especially with the things he's concerned about. Um, you know, some sort of overall help, nothing, nothing is too specific. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of what might, you might want to be in person for lots of things you can do online for sure. For sure. But there's definitely people's preferences anyway. But when you live in a region, that's just doesn't have anybody, this is going to be your best bet. Okay. So anyway, we're looking at Dr. Lisa Giovanelli. Giovanelli. Very Italian. I guess. Yep. Yep. So it gives her the address where she's located, her phone number. She offers online. You can see her specialties, um, trauma and PTSD, family conflict and anxiety. Really what I like about these sites, um, that I don't participate in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're not here. If I searched, I wouldn't find you. No. Okay. And there is a part, there's a reason is I, I don't, I have too many people. I don't need more people. Uh, (laughs) but the, (laughs) And, but but what you can see is like, and she takes a lot of insurance, and so you can see if you're on there. She shows the types of approaches that she uses, what her certification is, how long she's been practicing. She's been practicing uh, for 23 years. She works with all sorts of folks, and you can see her sort of stuff. But this is what I like about it, is you get the vibe, right? And I know it's written, sometimes they'll have a video. You can watch them do, do a little video. You can also see who has you know, back them up in the system. Like some people will give their thumbs up. And anyway, sometimes you will find, and and this can also be helpful. There'll be entire clinics that advertise this way. So maybe there's one person, but it'll have the name of a clinic. You can get to their website. It's just a clearing house for therapists. So I would recommend they do this. Therapist.com is more of a newer one. Similarly, you stick in your, your um, zip code and they will break it down by, what do they offer? Do they offer med management? Does it, do they do psychological testing? Those are specific separate things. Or is it just mainly therapy and counseling you want? And then they take a new patients. Are they, you know, if you need someone who's transgendered or non-binary, there are options, you know, you can get that all broken down. Sure. Um, and, I noticed uh, in, in where I live in South Jordan, there is a there are two non-binary options. No okay. transgender. However... Gender fluid. Oh, no, the gender fluid was none either. Never mind. Uh, there's one guy. Okay, this is a question I have. There's a guy in here named Dr. Uh, well, he's a licensed clinical social worker. His name's Jericho Avery. Mm-hmm. And he looks like somebody who might steal my car if I gave him five minutes to do it. Now, my question is, how much should... If you've got people that are even maybe even dealing with issues of like, oh, I, I you know, I see the world wrong or I, I look at things and I get nervous or I think the worst of people before I know them or whatever. How important is it that they're going by a, just a single photo in here? You know what I mean? Like it feels <laughs> it feels dangerous as a as a way of finding a therapist. Spell, spell Jericho's name. Is it J-E-R-I-C-O? Yeah, it's C-H-O. J-E-R-I-C-H-O Avery. Avery, like an E. And he's in, um, he's in here. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Look, I mean, he just looks like he's going to go, yo, you're going to, 
you going to give me your keys? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking that guy's going to do. He's, he's going to get at me. He's going to come get me. Okay, so you can read his thing. As a social worker of a diverse background, I have an extensive history working in settings with at-risk youth, people who struggle with substance abuse, and school settings. So he's probably not for you in terms of what he does. Yeah. Um, probably he's not. mega effective with young people. Yeah, right? it looks like he's cool with the kids, uh, to and the teens. Buddhist, Taoist, Stoic philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably great. But he just maybe doesn't fit you. But yeah. if you look at, like... Um, so, so that's why it matters. Now here's what's, you know, you have to be aware of your biases and realize that you're going to get it wrong, right? You don't know who is a, a good fit for you, but you can get the vibe and you can look at the kinds of things they treat. Yeah. So when they've had a lot of experience and I look at their, like, you know, they're, they are, um, going to work with trauma and that's what I need help with. It's going to say that in a million different places. You know, those are the issues they work with. This is their specialty. This is some of their training. So you can get a sense of it. Now, what most of them will do, and this can be really helpful, is they will A, offer, you know, video sessions and or they will do a free consultation with you. So that's very common. He doesn't have it on his. Um, but if you look at and, and why this is important is most therapists are on here. Um. Because when you sign up to do kind of a training or different things, there's always like a free six months psychology today profile. So lots of people can just get on this very easily, which means, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty ubiquitous and you're going to find a person, but you can get a little bit of a sense of them. But if they offer free consultations, I would absolutely do that. Um, you don't even need a full hour. You just call, um, set it up, say, hey, I just want to chat with you first to see if we're a good fit. If they're like, like, no, we're not a good fit, great, they're not a good fit. Mm. But if they, and here's here's the reality in the last couple of years is everyone is so busy that sometimes they just don't even make the effort to connect back with you because, you know, they're slammed. So recognize that that's tricky. Now, yeah. we're this guy is in a very uh, mental health desert, which is frustrating. And that's kind of what has been the new breakthrough with this telemental health is that a lot more therapists have gotten comfortable with it. So now they can offer this as a service when two years ago, 99% of the people you would see on here would not be doing online. Right. And so we are in a very different world now and with a lot more resources available, which is great, which means quality, good people feel comfortable doing it. They're licensed in your state. So I would suggest he does, he does that to check his zip code first and then expand it to neighboring zip codes and look for the key keywords here. They're willing to do video sessions and that they are addressing the needs that he has. So according to his email, that could be life transitions. That could be parenting support. That could be family conflict. That could be men's issues, depression, anxiety, you know, just kind of get a little bit clear what it is you want to make, you know, to get help with. And you can see that that's what they specialize in. Then when you call, you say, hey, let's have a quick chat, see if that we're a good fit. You just ask, what, you know, how does this usually work? Share your philosophy with me. These are the things I'm struggling with. What can I expect? This is a business transaction. And I think sometimes we, we especially in the United States, we have the white coat problem where we just, you know, the person wearing the lab coat is the expert and we will just, we have to do what they say and pay them a lot of money to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and really... Everyone's a business person. 
who is in any of these helping professions as well. And they have to, they do have to earn your business. And so there is a, maybe I hope to empower everybody just a little bit to recognize that not everyone is going to work out best for you and what you need. And there will be someone who, who can, right? Yeah. Um, but it does take a little legwork and that's the frustrating part, especially, especially when you're, when you're isolated like that, like physically isolated from op- good options yeah. and possibly, yeah. fi- you know, financially depending on your insurance and all that stuff. Like none of that makes it easier, but yeah, if you can get in there and at least get the communication going, it's like yeah. any other relationship or any other transaction. You have to find the thing that's right for you. Yeah. You know? And you'll, you'll, you'll know fairly quickly. I think I hear this a lot. Folks will say, well, I didn't really click, but I just, kept trying thinking, Oh, I just got to try harder. Um, mm-hmm. and really if, if you just sort of this litmus test, I think can be helpful. If you feel sort of fundamentally safe and like, and you were heard and you, you know, you don't have this feeling like, Oh, I don't, know if I tell this person anything that's not a good sign right now everyone's got barriers to just opening up to a random stranger on their first visit so but I I think a lot of people blame themselves too much for not feeling it and trying to just keep going and make it work um and then they end up not really working that great so so you know look around find someone that fits your vibe that's why even just reading through someone's thing and maybe they have a little video you go to their website like you can get a sense is this kind of my jam or is this feel like too stuffy or you know and you can look around and you can filter for lots of different things and find something that works for you there's even a tab for just teletherapy on psychology day so you can just skip the um all the other people and just go straight to find a teletherapist and that's just- okay so bobby were you able to find somebody that you like um <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the, uh, the yes, I found someone. You did right. good. <laughs> I, I actually had a question. So, so I know someone who, when looking for a therapist, and it wasn't working out, was worried about, like, like they didn't, like you described, they didn't feel super comfortable. It didn't feel like a right fit, but they were worried about uh, stopping. And and this is probably tied up in some of the anxiety or or, yeah. or issues that they had. They were worried about um, how that therapist was going to feel and and making that therapist feel bad and letting them down. And and I tried to tell this person like, hey, you're not the only person that <laughs> you know. Like it, this is just you're just it's it's fine. You're not gonna you know you're not going to ruin this person's life and make them feel terrible if if you're if you need to go somewhere else i mean that was it was that the right advice that i gave them <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's great advice well yeah you're right is probably tied to uh generally how what they're struggling with and that yeah. is the the great irony is that it's a really important therapeutic issue so for them to go to this therapist and say hey i'm not sure i'm getting what i need here and i feel like i have to take care of you and if that therapist is worth any salt, they would be like, yeah, that is a therapeutic issue right now. Let's right. discuss it. Let's work work through that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because personalities are personalities, right? Like we just don't always click with someone and that's okay. And it, and here's the thing. You can do good work with someone you don't click with and want to be their best friend. Sure. But if you're really not, if, if you're going in and worrying more about the other person, then you really are 
are missing what this could be for you. So yeah, I think your advice is good. Here's the thing. This is not unlike dating in that people's tendency is to just ghost of the person rather than confront them or tell mm. them that they're not happy with their services. So therapists are getting ghost all the time. Um, and that is part of what they, this happens. We call them no shows. You charge the insurance for that time. And then that person doesn't make another appointment. And that's that like it happens. Right. So I don't recommend ghosting. I would much rather someone tell me, Hey, this, I don't think this is working out. And then I, because there's another thing I do, and I don't know how other therapists handle this, but I will start every interaction with, I may not be a good fit for you. Mm. <laughs> and well, it's good. okay if I am not. Yeah. Put it right? out there early and have that. Yeah, yeah. Give them permission real quickly to just like, if this isn't what you need it to be, there are more resources and I will help you find them. By the way, if you're a um, visual artist, illustrator, uh, cartoonist, whatever, this is the same rule I use for commissions. Uh, if somebody says, Hey, I'd really like to commission you for something. My first thing out of my mouth is, well, just so you know, we start with a sketch that you get to approve. And if you don't like it for any reason, no harm done. We don't move on to the next stages. We just, I, you don't get charged. I don't, you don't pay anything until, you know, I basically put it out there that this may not be, I may not be the one you want. Yeah. I may also be the one you want, but just so you know that up front, there's something about that is actually kind of liberating for everybody involved in the transaction. Yeah, it is. And what it usually means is there's no more. Well, and this person sounds like it, maybe your friend is a bit of a people pleaser. Right. And so mm -hmm. the very thing they need help with is the very thing that's going to keep them from getting help. And that that's tragic, right? Because it's the whole yeah. point. And so having someone you work with, now, it doesn't mean they can't overcome it. doesn't mean they can't, there, there can't be some growth or something. But really, a lot of people will waste a lot of time just trying not to hurt someone's feelings, which is, like, sweet and lovely. But, uh, you know, this is part of the business um, of, of doing this, is it's humans needing each other in a particular way for growth and change and healing to happen. And if that person just triggers the crap out of you or, you know, you don't feel like they're listening. I've, I've had a few people... <laughs> Share, like, you know, I'll always say, hey, what's been like a, a thing your therapists have done you really like if you've had therapy before or what is something that just doesn't work for you? So they'll tell me right off the out of the gate, like, well, this guy fell asleep one time while I was talking. I'm like, Whoa, that's not great. But he was very old and very tired. And so, you know, <laughs> right away, I now know this person like, you know, really being listened to is going to matter to them. And not that I don't listen to other people, but I'm just going to drink a Diet Coke before our sessions, you know, be yeah. awake. Yeah. Um, or they'll say, you know what I really liked is this person, you know, gave me things to do in between. Like, like I really, you know, and I will say, Hey, listen, I can't do certain things. And, I'll, and I will list what I'm not good at. And I'll say, so if that is really kind of what you're looking for. Um, and most people have, are just referrals from other people. So I, they already know what they're getting. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so that can really cut that down. But that is part of this interview process. That's why when they say, hey, happy to do an initial phone call, you get to do some of that with no commitment, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you can just chat through those types of things. So that's right. a great question, Bobby. Um, it, this, it's tricky. You are, try, you are trying to find a therapist is like finding someone to date in a very specific way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Very isn't, isn't vulnerability is important, yeah. right? So in the most it, most intense version of that, you know, yeah. that 
you, you're, you're needing to work on some things you're not just going to talk to anybody about. So you need to be able to feel comfortable. So this may take a while. Now I want to say one quick thing about BetterHelp or other online platforms that provide, they can do lots of different things. So they'll do text only therapy. They can do email only. They can do cameras off, but they're, you're online. So it's voice or phone. Um, they can do the full, you know, voice, face, all the things at once. So the the concept behind it, I think is a good one. It's that, you know, different people need different things and feel comfortable with different things at different stages. Um, and I've known a couple people who've had really good experiences using BetterHelp. I've also had a few people who is just not personal enough or specialized enough or consistent enough for them. Sure. And it's not a great fit. But that is another option. Um, some of those are fairly affordable. Um, you, if you don't like the therapist, you can ask for a new one. Like it's built it, it has built in all the things that make sort of finding somebody a little tricky. It's just an innovation to try to get people more help. Right. Um, so anyway, that is another option. And then I have a third one. So we have the telemental mental, met, mental health with somebody in your state and then you have BetterHelp, which is going to be people who are also licensed to work with you in that state. Mm. And then his stuff, I don't know specifically. I mean, I have to reread the email, but nothing sounds like it is sort of super clinically significant enough that, he, you know, he's going to, he isn't suicidal. He isn't pa having panic attacks, right? Like it may be more that he needs support. And I could be wrong and misreading this. Um, but if that is the case and he wants to try an option that some people can find really helpful and it is to find a mental health wellness coach. So it's someone who can live anywhere in the country or the world. They don't have to be licensed in your state and can give you, it's more of, think of it as positive psychology. So positive psychology is a movement that you know, has gained steam a lot in the last 20, 30 years of, you know, really we, we spend a lot of time focusing on pathology, like uh, here's where your illness is and here's your diagnostic code. And you are, you know, this kind of your broken model, let's fix you. Yeah. Um, and this is a shift to, you have everything you need. You have all, all of the right stuff. You just need help getting there. And so sometimes coaching can be a really good fit for people who don't need more significant help. So that you know, how to find someone like that, I guess, is another good question. You can Google around or ask people if they've worked with anybody. I mean, what's tricky about being in a, a mental health desert is that it's hard to ask your neighbor or your buddy because they're also in that same situation. So it's harder to get kind of a, a flavor for what is out there and what is helpful. That does broaden your search, though, to the world. So um, maybe there's somebody you follow on the, the gram that talks about wellness and, and emotional resiliency or something that does life coaching. Maybe that's, you know, that's the way everyone tries to advertise now too. So sure. just a thought. Sure. I don't know why the term life co coaching always throws me. I think it's because I come from a different era when that was a more of a pejorative uh, thing to be. And I don't even yeah. know why this was that way, but it felt like in the 90s, if someone claimed to be a life coach, you were just like, yeah, okay. It's like modern snake oil. This guy's a weirdo or whatever, right. but I don't right. think it's that way anymore. Um, no, and they've, there's a lot of improvement. There's a lot more trainings out there. There, I mean, it was just kind of calling yourself whatever you wanted for a long time. Yeah. And, and a lot can, more research. 
you know, yeah. yeah, in the area of positive psychology in particular, you know, totally has really has really helped that. Now yeah. there is definitely people are full of crap, but that's everywhere. So <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to like you know be discerning a little bit and and again making sure it fits. If you feel like you're being sold, that's a that's a different product than life coach life coaching. Um, than what you maybe are looking for, right? Like right. if you feel like, okay, now I got to sign up for a million things and I'm, uh, I'm on a down chain and now I have to sell my own life coaching. Okay. You're <laughs> in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, but it is an alternative to, especially if you're, because again, any decent life coach who has a certification certification has been trained, knows what's out of their expertise and they have to refer on people to, to getting mental health. Right that is licensed and that type of thing. So there is, you know, but again, that's based on whatever the person wants to do. So yeah, I can see the risk. It has improved a lot, but it is, you know, it still has some of that lingering. Yeah. Yeah. And these days, these days it's all about, I got to, I need someone I can trust. Right. right. That trust seems to be everything. Yeah. Like it's, it does. It does. Well, and I, I mean, even if you just expand this to medical care, right? Like, you're, you know, it's, it's tricky when you don't feel like your doctor looks at you or listens to you very long or dismisses this, or just, you say you have pain and they just keep telling you to lose weight, right? Like you will lose trust in these providers, but it's so built in for so long that they're the expert and they know what's right for you that you just are supposed to do it. But if you look at compliance for what doctors have asked people to do, I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, Her compliance is really low. And a big challenge is what health insurance has done for all of us, which is make it so a building a relationship with one doctor over a lifetime is not very possible. Not like it um, used to be. No. no. And they don't have any time. I mean, they have 17 seconds for you to get out whatever you want to say. And it's, it's really tricky. And so you, you've got that model, I think, that's really built into a lot of us, unfortunately. And then we, we maybe extend it to the mental health field of like, okay, whoever has the most letters behind their name, that must mean they're the most qualified. Okay. Um, and they're telling me to do this thing, but I don't really want to talk to them or I don't feel comfortable or something. You got to trust yourself because you're not going to get too, too far if, um, you know, you're really not clicking with that person. Yeah. So I'm, you're talking it's like about people such a chicken and the egg problem, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. good luck finding someone. And then when you find someone, good luck thinking you like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of this sounds hard. easy. But um, I think we've yeah. I, we've at least helped Kotar get some get some traction here, I hope. Um, yeah. the, the main thing I'm worried about him was, is uh, this distance thing is really a, a problem. But, you know, like you mentioned, telehealth and teleoptions are are not only yeah. here, they're they're legit, like. Yeah, you can get absolutely a lot legit. Like I yeah. pulled up for, you know, Bobby's uh, zip code and every single name I see says online phone person, online info, pho- everyone. Oh, well, I've That's got to it. imagine this is like universal it now, as close new, to it yeah. as possible. And, yeah. and I think most therapists really didn't think it would work until they had to do it. And then they learn like, oh, I can wear my pajama pants. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing them now. Um, all right. Wearing them now. It's well, great. Best so, of luck to, to him. Let us know how it goes. We'd like to hear back. Uh, then. Yeah. And do this. If he would like to um, send his zip code and like if there's an insurance, like I, I do this for people all the time is I just, I walk them through 
this process, if mm-hmm. they are like, okay, this is what I need, I can translate all of the qualifications the person has to see if it's if it is the right training that is helpful for the thing they're they're struggling with. So if they if if this person wants to email me directly at Let's see, where do I get emails? Uh, <laughs> this is so windy. Wherever they get, wherever all the expertise, they usually give them. All the expertise <laughs> except for the part where you have an email address you have to remember. Um, <laughs> Here's the problem. I am bad at this normally, but COVID has wrecked my brain. I know. I, that's all I hear from everybody is it's so, and I think to myself, I'm like, I have days where I already think I'm foggy and lame. What if I yeah, get this don't. thing? Then what is it? Triple that? Like, oh my gosh. It is so bad. And then when you need, like, you need your Diet Coke to stay awake and it tastes like jet fuel because you don't have (laughs) taste buds anymore. (laughs) It's Uh, so bad. It's ruining everything. I uh, hate it. Please don't get it. Seriously, just don't. Avoid it. Yeah, don't get it. Wear a mask. You know, do all you can. And if you still get it, well, you did all you could. And I have a dumb kid that gave it to me. She just, like, I don't know, breathed it on me. I didn't have a choice. (laughs) Yeah, she went. So mad after two and a half years. How'd so she mad. do? How'd she do? Did she? Uh, yeah, uh, I wasn't too bad for her. Yeah, of course. the younger, the, the these youngins, man. The, sp- yeah, <laughs> the, the spreaders are, are yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like even Van the other day was like shocking how quick he got it, and then was over it. Like it was just nothing for him almost. Ugh. And then his mom was, you know, she's pregnant, but that probably no. Didn't it's help. so much worse when you're pregnant. I bet oh, anything man. is worse when you're pregnant. Plus, they couldn't. You can't really give her much to deal with it. No, it's like sy- symptomatically, she has to stick to Tylenol and. That might be it, you know. Yeah, no, it's so, garbage. It's anyway, garbage. but the baby's fine and all's well, so uh, we're okay, good. Good, good, good. Uh, all right, well, Wendy, uh, here's hoping you have a great week and that uh, you continue to feel better and um, that it never you never catch it again. That's the goal, yeah, or that it's just short COVID, everyone. Crush short COVID, fingers. that's what we want. Short COVID, nine days a lot, yeah. but that's the shortest. Yes. Keep it there and no more. Yeah. That'd be good. They say 14 days is still within the range of normal yeah um yeah and i have i felt a lot better in the last couple of days so i'm hoping that i don't know i'm gonna things are gonna taste like jet fuel for the next year sure why not have you tried zero does zero do improve at all yeah i don't drink dead coke actually i only drink coke zero oh yeah i do too i love it in fact <laughs> it I have is a- jet fuel baby you should try jet fuel with a <laughs> tinge of cherry yeah that's what it tastes like for for those of us trying to Keep sugar out of our lives. I've probably become. Yeah, we addicted. should eat, drink fake sugar. I really should. I really should be drinking water more. But hey, look at me. <laughs> All right, uh, have a good one. Best of the family and everybody. We'll Thank see you me. next week. And nice to meet you, Bobby. Bye. Oh, yeah. Nice to meet you. Bye. Oh, you almost would have met her, I guess, in um, in Vegas had I been smarter about how I scheduled that. Right, but you didn't. Uh, you asked her not to come. Right. That's what I, I heard. Literally, literally said, "Wendy, do not come to this thing. You were not allowed." <laughs> No, I did not. I did not do that. I uh, just didn't properly invite her, I suppose. Anyway, hey, we're uh, we're now to what we call the end of the show. However, quick thing here, uh, a couple things, a little scheduling info. Don't know the status of PM tomorrow. We'll see how Brian's feeling. Don't know uh, if he's not feeling it, and it's totally. I mean, that shows. You know, PM's always a little bit liquid anyway. Uh, if he's not feeling it, I'll do a game stream with Carter or something. Like we'll 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 have something on the stream. Uh, but uh, if so, we'll have a PM. So we'll let you guys know. Film Sack this weekend. Again, hoping Brian's better by then. Uh, we're going to watch The Transporter. So get your uh, get your Jason Statham on over there at... Uh, oh no, I forgot where it's streaming. Was it on 
It's either it's either HBO Max or uh, uh, Prime. I can't remember. Anyway, there's that. Then we got Core tonight at 5 p.m. Mountain. We will try not and be the V Rising episode of all time because boy, me and, <laughs> me and Bo have been playing a lot of that on his server and really like that game. Uh, but there'll be more to talk about, including today's Games Fest announcements, which will probably be about a lot of existing things we knew about, but maybe some new things. So we're going to cover a bunch of that. Of course, Microsoft's got a big event this weekend. We'll have some predictions. Going to be a big core. So what about Mario out. Strikers? Oh, yeah, Strikers. We'll talk about Strikers, even though I haven't played it yet. Uh, I'm hearing good things. Here, it's all right. Yeah. I like the old Wii game. It was a good time. So I'm, I'm down for more Strikers. I just wish it wasn't $60. That's all. Yeah, no kidding. It's a very premium experience. Anyway, and then we got There Will Be Dungeons on Saturday. Uh, we're getting close to the big conclusion of the Waste Campaign, so you want to be tuning into how that thing's turning out. And if not, you can get it on the podcast as well. Hey, Bobby, remind me before we get out of here one more time where people can find your awesome show, uh, the, uh, All Around Science. Where can it? Where all around can I find it? All around is where you can find it. All around science is the science podcast we do every week, and um, you can just find it where you get your podcasts, and just search for all around science. We also have a website, so go to allaroundscience.com. I'm thinking about starting some game streaming soon. By the way, ooh, do it! So, I'd love that. Yeah. That'd be great. Just I've done it in the past casually, and I just thought about cranking it back up again. Things are dying down with. America's next top podcaster, and mm-hmm. and um, I'm thinking about uh, kicking off, kicking off with a, a game of Rim World, where I put make a bunch of characters that have that are all like like frog pants people, like <laughs> like you and and Brian, and oh, where man. we're all just crash landed onto this planet, and we have to survive. <laughs> yeah, knowing how Rim World goes, good luck to all of us. Uh, we yeah. may not make it through the day. Is how is how that game. But works. I'll need help coming up with because these these characters in RimWorld have tons of complex stats. I'll need help with people to show up on the stream and help me figure out how to like, <laughs> you know, give Tom Merritt the appropriate stats and yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah, I don't. I have zero. I probably have zero value to your survival group. I'm. I, I don't know yeah. what I'm gonna. I'll. I'll make a few people laugh, but if you need fences built or aliens killed or. Uh, anything of <laughs> of use? I'm I'm the worst guy. You're not gonna want me there. I'll be dead by midnight. Anyway, uh, watch for that. That's uh, something Bobby will be doing soon. Hopefully, that sounds awesome. Um, and it was great having you on today, man. Thanks for thanks for covering for Brian today. Anytime. It was a blast. It's I good love to have it. you here. You bet. Also on Tuesdays, you can always catch most Tuesdays. Uh, we didn't have a show this week because that was when Brian was first sick. But usually, Bobby's here doing a science segment of his own right here on TMS. So. If you haven't heard that, check out Tuesdays for that. Frogpants.com slash TMS is our website. And I would like to thank a couple of patrons who signed up recently at patreon.com slash TMS. Jinxed King, uh, Andy Social, and Gabe, all three joined the family of patron supporters of TMS in the last few days. And we'd love it if you were on this list, too. So go check it out. Lots of cool stuff happening this month. New artwork going out. uh, Bonus content every day commercial free wonderful experience you can't get it any other way and it's as cheap as a buck a month for a lot of these benefits i just mentioned it's ridiculous what we've done to ourselves so go take advantage of us at patreon.com slash tms send us your feedback at the morning stream at gmail.com that's it for us i'm gonna play a song as we get out of here bobby once again i'm just pulling from stuff i like and there's this weird kind of not acoustic but well I guess it is. It's sort of acoustic, but it's definitely without voices or anything. Mario cover 
<laughs> I like video game music, and I like this particular version of a Mario cover. I don't know who did it or where it comes from. I'm pretty sure I found it on YouTube years ago. Uh, but uh, some dude made a really rad cover, and I'm going to play it now. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh, Monday for sure. And uh, make sure you check out all the other stuff at frogpants.com. In the meantime, shout out to Brian. Hope he's feeling better right now. We'll talk to you guys then. show is part of the frog pants network frog pants network get more shows like this at frogpants.com maker tinkle